Welcome to the Alternative Data Podcast. Welcome to the Alternative Data Podcast, powered by Exabel. I'm Mark Fleming-Williams. In this episode, I speak to Ross Fabricant of Centrebook Partners, a new investment fund that transforms discretionary insights into systematic strategies. Centrebook is a fund that maximizes the benefit of having a privileged knowledge of a vast number of hedge funds' investment positions, which it uses to build systematic portfolios, adding in its own proprietary technology. In other news, please join me at Eagle Alpha's Virtual Insight 2.0 event on February the 2nd, where I will be hosting an interactive discussion around the international data landscape. Yeah, uh, so Centerbook is a form of alpha capture uh, hedge fund. Uh, we have a proprietary data source consisting of the the positions and research of uh, external independent hedge funds. Uh, And we've built a quantitative trading strategy to extract alpha signals from that data set. Uh, We launched uh, November of 2021. so we're still a young and growing fund. Quite fresh. Okay. Exciting. Um, okay. Brilliant. So that's that center book. That's what we'll come to. Um, you uh, previously have had a very uh, interesting career in, um, in, in alternative data before, um, before launching center book. So why don't we begin, as, as, I, as I often do, by just going back and um, perhaps as a kind of introduction to yourself, then, then as much as you want to of your of your life before alternative data. But then, how did you how did you first come across the the kind of alternative data um, concept? Sure. Yeah. Uh, so I got my start in finance um, about fifteen years ago uh, as an application programmer at a fundamental hedge fund. Um, And uh, most of my career, I've worked on the buy side. um, And I uh, kind of started just with software development skills and gradually uh, picked up industry knowledge along the way. Um, So you're a coder, you're a coder first, were you? Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, that's, it's a career path. I think there's a lot of uh, programmers who want to become you know, traders or investors. It's it's definitely not the most direct path, um, but uh, it is it is a possible route. How did you manage it? Uh, so um, it was kind of a gradual progression. Uh, I started uh, working at a large fundamental firm called Third Point uh, in 2008, and. Uh, I progressed from programming to getting involved in risk management. Uh, And then uh, Third Point's head of risk had formerly been a quantitative trader. Um, So we uh, started developing quantitative strategies uh, to hedge uh, Third Point's fundamental exposures. And then... um, 
after so is it would you yeah. say is it is it a kind of a culture where if you show that you you can kind of tinker away in the background and come up with something and if you can demonstrate that it has value then you'll kind of get the get the you get the get the kind of free reins to to go on go go for it type thing you you've proven you've created it you've proven it works so so go for it sure yeah you know something about um probably any small company but you know um definitely hedge funds, you don't need to be the most knowledgeable person in the world. You just need to be the most knowledgeable person in the room yeah. on a particular topic. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was uh, kind of an interesting situation at third point where uh, it had only employed fundamental strategies, uh, but there was always a long bias and there was never enough uh, short ideas. So we had trouble kind of hedging our long exposure uh, the way we wanted to. There had been a um, a short-only portfolio manager who had left, and then there was just kind of this big need to find short ideas somewhere, and that's when... What, is, what does that look like? Is that is that Does that look like a team of kind of optimists and positivity? You know, no one, everyone's, everyone's seeing the upside and everyone's kind of likes to, everyone recognizes a solid story and no one, no one is seeing, no one likes to kind of see the underside of things. What, what do what does that kind of feel like when you're, when, when everyone's good at the long stuff and no one's good at the short? Yeah, I think this is a common uh, situation. Um, a lot of funds in the industry, you know, there's a few biases at work, right? One is um, stocks go up more than they go down. So uh, recently they have, yes. Yeah. Well, you know, over the long run too, yeah, even, uh, yeah. you know, I'm so old. I, yeah. I remember when, uh, stocks could go down and, uh, <laughs> interest rates could go up. Yeah. So you've got to, do you, have you got to have a, um, do you have to have, do you think a kind of a perma bear in the room, someone who's always going to be, whether or not they're right every time, but it's someone who's always going to put the other side and say, you know, things go down as well as up. That's an important kind of voice to have. That's definitely one solution in that. So third point, um, while I was there, I actually had uh, two separate teams basically, you know, discovered that twice that um, it's it can be easier to get um, a short specialist than to kind of uh, have every, you know, sector analyst uh, come up with <clears throat> a balanced uh, pick of long and short ideas. Yeah. Uh, so that's definitely an approach that can work. Okay. And to go back then to my original question, do so if you're getting into being a quant uh, investor in 2015, that is really when alternative data is coming across an awful lot of radars at once. Is it is it coming yeah. across your your radar at the same time then? Yeah, pretty soon after. So so initially uh we were kind of a uh, more fundamental or more traditional uh, factor-based systematic strategy, Uh, Mm -hmm. sort of in, you know, the the AQR uh, vein. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, soon soon after that, we started um, getting interested in alternative data sets. Um, Yeah, there was a push to uh, start a data science team uh, within about two years after we started trading the um, the quantitative strategy initially. Okay, so um, after a, after a long and, and happy sounding career at uh, at Third Point, um, you then uh, moved on to, uh, to to this new 
project with um, this new this new kind of launch, this new offering at um, at Centerbook Partners. Um, so, what did um, how did that come about? What was the what was the kind of driver? Uh, yeah. So in 2020, there was um, you know I found out about a really interesting opportunity, and my my initial connection. <clears throat> had actually been uh, as a client of a fintech company called Alpha Theory. Alpha Theory has a product that helps hedge funds organize their own uh, research and uh, their portfolio sizing process. Uh, Third Point was a client. Uh, We got a lot of value out of this tool. um, Yeah, so so let's uh, let's dig into that. So you were at Third Point and you were... Um, you were using this external service mm-hmm. called Alpha Theory, and it. What, so, can you talk a little bit more about exactly what kind of what kind of assistance it was giving? Sure. Yeah. Um, so, Alpha Theory is essentially a database for hedge fund uh, research and hedge fund portfolios, the positions, and then portfolio constraints. And so, so a hedge fund um, has its uh, position and it has its its strategy and it knows exactly, you know, where it wants to draw the lines of, of uh, you know, risk, risk parameters or whatever. Um, and then they tell, they give Alpha Theory that information and Alpha Theory has a big repository of that information. What, what, is that is that right? And why is why why are hedge funds giving Alpha Theory this information? Because presumably, if Alpha Theory is then giving it to the other hedge funds, then it sounds like um, you know sounds a bit like you're 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 giving away the secret, right? Um, so to be clear, so Alpha Theory was founded in two thousand five. For the first uh, fifteen years of it, its existence, um, it was purely an internal tool. Um, for hedge funds. So on, only the hedge funds had access to their own data. It was not shared in any way with any outside parties. I see. Okay. So it was just, it was kind of an internal tool essentially for, for making it easy to do, to be a hedge fund. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, kind of the insight, the founder, um, his name is uh, Cameron Height, and he he had been an analyst at a fundamental firm. And his experience was, you know, uh, they were very systematic about sourcing fundamental ideas, researching them. But when it came time to combine these ideas into a portfolio, uh, there was a lot of subjectivity. You know, they might there might be a checklist, there might be a process they go through, but ultimately the difference between you know is something a two percent position or a five percent percent position. Uh, you know, it might be different on different days based on relatively subjective analysis and wasn't really the, the outcome of a, a very uh, formal, repeatable process. Um, so that's what uh, Alpha Theory is designed to help with. It uh, lets hedge funds organize their own ideas, their own um, develop a formal system, and then it will suggest position sizes based on uh, the data that the hedge fund uh, portfolio managers have entered. Okay, and how and are all the hedge funds out there using this same tool? Is it is it just kind of basics that standard you got to have it type thing? It is um, fairly widely used in the industry. I wouldn't say it's um, table stakes quite yet. Um, it's, um, and w- one of the issues is it requires a lot of discipline from the managers, right? It's not something that um, 
you know, it's garbage in, garbage out. Um, so yeah. it's mostly, so it, it is a tool for fundamental managers. It's not really used uh, by quant funds, but they need to be very disciplined and analytic funds uh, that have a good process in place to uh, generate uh, price targets. Um, and, you know, that they need to have uh, put thought into how they want to construct their portfolio. It could be actually, it could be, it uh, sounds like it could be a good indicator of whether it's a good hedge fund or not, if they've got alpha theory. So maybe it's a, you know, that's a bit of data itself. If you've got it, then uh, you're worth investing in perhaps. Yeah, we think so. And, uh, you know, I've um, skip ahead a bit, you know, I've had access to this data set for research purposes uh, for about two years. And um, yeah, uh, the funds, simply by being an alpha theory client, um, these funds uh, tend to outperform their peers. And the more they use it, you know, the more disciplined they are about it, the better they perform. That, you know, that's clear in the, the data that uh, me and my, my team have analyzed. Yeah. So, but so, uh, so take us back. Your your third point. Alpha Theory is a, a service provider, and you're familiar with the tool as a customer. Um, how does it? How does Alpha Theory then become a source of of data? Because again, I kind of touched on it a bit before. If I'm a hedge fund and I've got this proprietary um, tool for my usage for my internal internal kind of you know workflow. Um, the last thing I want is for the information from that from that workflow that, to then be available to to people outside my firm. I would have thought that that's so. Is that a is that what's happening? And how does how does Alpha Alpha Theory how does it get over that problem? Yeah, great question. Um, so uh, so as I mentioned, kind of the main output of Alpha Theory is a suggested position size for every position in a fund's portfolio. Um, mm. So that's the, the uh, we call that the optimal position size versus the actual position size uh, the fund actually holds. Um, so every, uh, so Alpha Theory tracks the performance of uh, all their clients the, based on their actual holdings and then also their hypothetical performance had they held the optimized size, uh, position size. Mm. Uh, and every year since inception, the optimal portfolios in aggregate have outperformed the actual portfolios. Um, so if only you'd listened to us, then you would have made, you know, all this money. I'm sure I can see why Alpha Theory like collecting that data. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, I, I think it was a few years in before they first ran the analysis. So, you know, uh, they said, you know, they had their fingers crossed the first time, uh, but it's uh, been quite reliable every year. But this uh, is, I mean... Um, this sounds absolutely like it'd be an absolutely devastating data set because you've you've got you're essentially um, you're you're essentially compiling all of the best activities. You're, the the hedge funds all over the street are inputting their um, they're, they're inputting their investment um, thinking essentially. Um, and then Alpha Theory is is saying, given that thinking, then this is what I would invest in. But then Alpha Theory is left with everyone's thinking. So in theory, exactly. yeah. And so in theory, um, it's a it's a repository for every 
every brain on of every hedge fund portfolio manager on the on the on the street and and but i so to answer my own question maybe you're about to i'm sure you're about to was um uh they ag it's aggregated so if you're if you're a user of alpha theory then um you're not particularly worried because your own thinking is lost amongst amongst all the you know all the whole street type thing oh right in terms of yeah so at this point in the story um this is still just an internal use only data set alpha theory they 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 have a blog they'll publish some aggregate analysis like the uh you know aggregate actual performance versus uh optimal performance uh of their clients uh and even that you know funds can opt out of uh being included in that aggregate analysis um but yeah uh again for for most of alpha theory's life none of this data is being used uh for any external purposes except uh in a very highly aggregated way enter enter ross fabricant stage left Right. Uh, yeah. So that was enough foreshadowing. So, so kind of the, the origin of um, my fund, Centerbook, was that, you know, these alpha theory clients, they, would, they said essentially, well, you know, your optimal positions are outperforming every year. If, if you guys are so smart, why don't you trade my book? So Centerbook is a, uh, <clears throat> it's a wholly owned subsidiary of alpha theory. Um, there's many data protections in place. Uh, we do have access to the data set of hedge funds that have opted in, um, but it's in an anonymized way. So we actually, I actually don't know um, who the participating hedge funds are. Okay. Um, but, do, you know, do you know anything yeah. about them in terms of average size or geography or anything like that in a kind of more broader way? Um, yeah, so... I, I know their AUM, um, and I know I, I have the data of their, their current and historical holdings and their uh, price targets and research information. Uh, but other than that, I, I don't have information about, um, yeah, I mean, you can kind of figure out uh, where they invest, uh, but not you know, any more specifics uh, beyond what comes and through what the data. You what would you say would be, I mean, is it literally the whole market or would you say that alpha theory is, or the particular ones that opt in in general, the, the data you're looking at, would you say that are there any um, uh, characteristics which are, which are common or are we literally talking from the biggest to the smallest? It's a wide range. There are a few um, very large, um, you know, uh, greater than 10 billion clients in the data set. Um, it mostly is kind of more in the, the medium size range. They, they need to be you know, big enough to where uh, this tool makes sense. Um, okay. yeah. And then, yeah, in terms of the investment characteristics, it's, it's really um, a pretty broad selection. You know, it's um, all fundamental managers. There are some long only, uh, mainly long short hedge funds. Um, some uh, with various, you know, sector uh, or geography focuses. Alpha Theory's clients said, "If you're so clever, why don't you do it yourself?" Are they? Are they? Um, uh, do they benefit? Are they? Are they? In, do they have skin in this game as well? Or do, do, the, do Alpha Theory's clients get a 
a benefit coming back at them as a result of this or are alpha theory just basically proving it to because they were challenged to type thing yeah um so so there's um a few uh answers to that uh worth touching on so they benefit in multiple ways um so we write them a check you know they they the clients write alpha theory a check to use this product but then uh center book uh gives them a a profit share uh in exchange for using their data so you um, can track so you can track when you get a good idea from one of these hedge funds then even though you personally don't know who it was um centerbook does and they they throw some money back at the at the source of the idea which has ultimately made money for centerbook that's exactly right yeah so they both get there's there's a fixed payment and then also a uh performance payment um to each fund and for the performance payment, essentially we, we run our model backwards. We you know we know what Centerbook holds each day, and then we allocate it back to um, the fund that provided the data that caused us to hold that position at that size, uh, and give them credit for the the alpha that that uh, position generated. From your from your personal position, Ross, um, mm-hmm. would you say that the fund? that that centerbook is running um would you say it runs on um the information flow go the alpha that you're that you're achieving Part, partly you've got your secret source which is that alpha theory has its own you know best optimization and that's that's what you're making money on but broadly um would you say that the the money is coming from the information flow which is going into these hedge funds on the street which are coming up with the the strategies or are you finding um as you go are you finding are you working towards essentially being able to solve it yourself <laughs> and creating centerbook into a into a hedge fund that can do it itself once it's kind of assimilated or learned all the different ways of being a hedge fund do you know what I mean? Do you, do you get what I'm getting at? Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, definitely. You know, we we're a quantitative fund. Um, our data input happens to be the the data generated by fundamental managers. Um, and there's really two primary input signals. There's um, the positions that they actually hold, and there's the optimal positions. Um, those have different information. Um, and kind of one way I think about it is, you know, if you put yourself back to March of 2020, as you know, macro news is coming in, and you know, the market is mm. thrashing around each day. Um, not many portfolio managers probably were going to their analyst teams and saying, you know, everybody update uh, your price targets. Uh, you know, mm. they were they were trading their book, and so the signal you get from the live from the actual positions uh, can be very informative in turbulent markets. Uh, the signal you get from their research often can be more informative uh, over the long run, um, but there's separate information in both and we combine both. Um, so, you know, that's, that's the primary driver of alpha, um, but we're, you know, because we have the benefit of diversification, um, and you know we're able to incorporate other data aside from just those two uh, raw inputs. We are able to kind of outperform just the blended average of these funds, and uh, 
and a, a fairly um, high percentage of the time, even when the fund itself uh, underperforms the market, we're able to extract positive alpha from the data that they generate. How big is Centerbook? Uh, obviously, it's just launched um, last month, but how big is Centerbook in terms of in terms of any terms that you'd like to to, to say? I don't know, like um, I'm a number of employees or, or what? What? Or, and I don't know. What do you? What's the vision? What's the plan? Yeah. Uh, so right now we have uh, twelve employees. Um, we're we also uh, partner with Alpha Theory, so we get a lot of support uh, from their infrastructure. Mm. Um, and yeah, uh, a big focus of our research effort was uh, finding out the capacity of this strategy and um, also you know, working on developing multiple strategies using the same uh, essential uh, source of alpha generation. Um, so um, yeah, for perspective, our... Uh, our CEO and CIO is uh, David Stemmerman. Um, mm -hmm. He ran a firm called Canadis um, that is a tiger cub uh, that uh, was a $3 billion fund uh, prior to this. And you know, so the, the ambitions for, for Centerbook are to be uh, larger than that. Getting back, actually, um, you asked kind of what's in it for the funds, uh, we call them the partner funds that um, chose to, to share their data with Centerbook. Um, so I mentioned, you know, there's a financial incentive, um, but another uh, big incentive is that we will help them make their investing process better. Uh, so, you know, that's kind of the core of alpha theory, um, but Centerbook, you know, with the full quant team and, you know, the tools to do uh, deep uh, systematic analysis on each fund. We're going to use that both to you know, build a superior quantitative investment strategy and to feed that data back uh, to the funds that participate and give them insight into their investing investing process and help make them better. Do you personally, in your in your seat, do you have a do? You, does it give you an incredible kind of overall vision of, of what's going on out there in terms of what the hedge funds are, are, are going long on, what they're going short on, like a kind of stock specific. Are you, do you, are you basically kind of sat in front of the matrix seeing, seeing it all go down at once? Is that, do you have that privilege? Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, yeah, you know, uh, there's 25 external hedge funds all trying to thrive and survive in, uh, you know, it's been uh, very difficult markets. Um, so yeah, by, by kind of aggregating that data, um, we're able to see kind of their, their views on macro trends, you know, in terms of uh, risk, in terms of investment themes and um, yeah, uh, in individual stocks. Yeah. And I will say, you know, uh, one thing I also want to mention in terms of, you know, the, the obvious value of this data set, uh, one of the, the main reasons that we're able to use it is because of the trust and relationship that Alpha Theory has built uh, sure. with their clients over, you know, almost, uh, you know, uh, over 15 years of operation, just uh, 
in terms of you know personal trust, uh, trust in the systems and cybersecurity. Uh, so do you think uh, you know a it would be difficult for a competitor to uh, build a copycat product um, just on the basis of you know financial incentives without having established uh, that trust with an existing client base. For sure, for sure. But on the flip side, Centerbook and Alpha Theory is, or Centerbook is entirely reliant also on those relationships in order to function. Um, do you That's think right. so? Without say, you know, the worst happened, and and you know there was a there was a kind of equivalent of a bank run of hedge funds leaving Alpha Theory. Um, then it's kind of, and it's kind of leaning back to my previous previous thoughts. You know, it's uh, you're kind of hooked into the main line on an ongoing basis. If that main line were to be cut off, then Centerbook wouldn't function anymore. Type thing. You're not you're not developing your own kind of algorithms based from this, which would allow you to then go off and kind of do it yourself, even without getting the the information flow coming in. That's right. We're very much a partner, uh, yeah. a partnership with the with the funds uh, that are on great. our platform. Which will- which is great because it'll keep you both honest. Um, <laughs> you'll you'll uh, you'll be um, motivated to to both sides to respect the um, respect relationships. So that sounds very um, very positive. Yeah, um, brilliant, Ross. Um, who would you? What was? Do you know? Do you have in mind who you would like to hear this podcast? Do you? Are you particularly trying to? I mean, you're not. Unlike some, you're not. Uh, it doesn't sound like you're um, in the market really for alternative data because you've you've got your kind of stream, proprietary stream of alternative data. Um, so are you looking for allocators to to hear your name, or are you looking for um, you know potential employees? What's that? What's the big push at the moment? Uh, yeah, all of the above. Um, so yeah, we uh, Centerbook uh, is still open to new investment. Um, so. There are LPs who think this sounds like an interesting concept. Uh, I'd love to uh, speak with you. Uh, our team is growing. Uh, so you know, if you're a researcher uh, who thinks this sounds like a cool data set to work on, um, you can reach out. And then um, also, you know, if uh, you're an analyst or a portfolio manager at a hedge fund and you think um, that the Alpha Theory product sounds interesting or you know, the uh, centerbook platform, you know, the potential to uh, to make money from mm. uh, sharing your research data, then uh, I'd, I'd like to hear from uh, those people as well. Fantastic. Well, um, well, Ross, thank you so much. From from my side, this has been absolutely fascinating to to, to hear about uh, a, a side of the market that I hadn't I hadn't uh, encountered before, and and, and a, a very innovative and um, an interesting new product. So, thanks very much for sharing it, and um, yeah, I look forward to look forward to to seeing the future growth. Hey, thanks, Mark. It's been a pleasure.